Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. Rob Tyson here. And in the last episode, we looked at a simple three-part copywriting formula anyone can use to write more effective marketing messages. So be sure to catch up on that if you missed it. But I'm here today with Sarah Santa Croce. Now, Sarah is a specialist in hard selling, value stacking, high pressure sales tactics. You can exploit to close every sale, dominate your market, crush your competitors into the dust and make tons of cash. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She is the opposite of all that. You you can possibly hear her laughing there. Um, Because in fact, Sarah is the antidote to all that. She wants to change the current marketing paradigm by bringing more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. She calls it the gentle business revolution. And her new book is The Gentle Marketing Revolution, Grow Your Business Your Way with Integrity and Kindness. And her goal is to inspire you to question your assumptions when it comes to marketing and give you permission to market your business your way. And today we've got a great topic for you because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, the gentle marketing revolution and the seven Ps of marketing with integrity and kindness. But before we welcome Sarah and get into all that good stuff, um, if you're listening to this show, You may be an independent consultant, trainer, coach of some kind, looking for the best way to grow your business. Well, if you pop along to robtyson.net forward slash report, you can get a free copy of my brand new report. That is going to show you my rapid method for creating and selling your first online program that will use your recorded content to do the heavy lifting of client engagements. And you will also find out how our fastest client was able to uh, sell their program twice in four days. And the funny thing was that they, they did it, with it without actually trying to sell at all. You will see what I mean in the report. Once again, that is free. You get that at robtyson.net forward slash report. And when you do, you will also get a bonus case study of a simple sales approach that has generated over a million pounds in online program sales for one business to business trainer over a couple of years. So once again, the place to go to get that is robtyson.net forward slash report. So go there now and check it out. So with all that said, Sarah, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. We've known each other for a while, but never got the chance to actually sit together and chat. Well, that's right. And and it's good to do it now. And and of course, from my my slightly uh, jokey opening <laughs> opening there, uh, it might be useful if you tell people your story briefly. So how did you come to be in a position where you felt the thing you really needed to do was launch this gentle business revolution? Yeah, well, pretty much from like overselling and, you know, having kind of grown up in this online marketing space, I've been uh, kind of building a, a LinkedIn consulting business over the last 12 years and really found myself you know, in the middle of all this online marketing stuff, the gurus and and all the methods and manipulations out there. And eventually about two years ago, I just had this big epiphany where I was like, I I can't do it anymore. Either I'm going to change something and completely do it differently, or that's it. I give up. (laughs) I just didn't feel like continuing the way I was building the business before. And, and, you know, people always told me, well, you're already doing it the gentle way. That's true. I always try to adapt the the, the, the stuff towards, you know, a more gentle approach. But yet I felt like the reason that there's so much anxiety in the world right now 
not the only reason, but marketing definitely contributed to the increasing levels of anxiety that we are uh, really feeling in the world right now. And so that's that's where this all came about. I'm like, I, I got to find my way and then help other people find a way that feels good for them as well to market their business in a way that's aligned with their values and their beliefs. And just elaborate on that a little bit, because you you talk about this, and I, I think you're absolutely right, by the way, that a lot of um, your clients and people you've worked with over the years, really, they kind of hate marketing. They, they hate the idea of it. So what is wrong? Why is that? What's wrong with marketing these days? I think the reason, and, and I really had to kind of dig deeper and, and find out myself. And what I found is that people hate marketing. And and yeah, like I did a Google search. And I can't remember the exact number, but thousands and thousands of you know references to people hating marketing. And the reason I think we hate marketing is because we follow what we see online and we follow what certain gurus tell us to do. And that's how it's done. And that's how you have to build your business. You have to be pushy and aggressive and you have to build funnels and, uh, uh, you know, sell, sell, sell. And that's why a lot of people, my people, your people hate marketing because it just doesn't work for them. Yeah. And, um, you're you're obviously going to tell us about the the solution to that. So if these kinds of tactics and and ideas just leave you cold, you've got some better ideas for us. Um, and I mean, do you think that this kind of guilt about marketing and selling is justified? I mean, you know, does it always does it always have to be unethical? I mean, you know, do you think? that um, it's unethical to to sell to a client if you know you can help them and, and give them lots of value. Because I think some people just, I don't know, they, they, they seem to feel that way, don't they? But so, so to what extent do you, like, what well, I suppose what I'm trying to get at is, is this a real issue? Should people be feeling bad or do they, or do they just need to be, I don't know, you know, a bit less, um, is it just that they lack a bit of confidence? Do you see what I'm asking? It's not just the confidence. It's really the way we're being taught that it's done. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the standard. This is how you have to do it. And that's where the problem lies for people like myself. I'm I'm introverted. I'm a highly sensitive person. I just never felt good with the methods that were being sold to me, this is how you have to do it. And, you know, I'm thinking of, for example, uh, you know, all these webinars that I hosted. And then at the end, you were told, oh, now you have to do this giant sales pitch and, you know, convince people to buy and you have to like use the testimonials this way, because that's how you're going to convince people. It felt slimy to me. I was just like, oh, this is horrible. I'd rather just have people to connect with me if they're interested to buy and get on a one-on-one conversation or something like that. So it's not that uh, you know it's wrong to sell. It's what I'm what I'm asking people to rethink is are the ways that we're told that selling and marketing works, are they working for you? If they are, and if you're following these 
recipes for success and they're they're perfectly working for you, not just in terms of results, but also in terms of ethics. If you can sleep at night and you feel good about, you know, those things, then you're fine. You know, you're probably doing great. But the people that say, I hate marketing, the reason that they say that is because they don't feel good. And it even you know, they don't feel good and it's also not working for them. So they feel less than they feel like I'm just not good enough. I'm probably not meant for this business thing. Uh, and so that's really the, the, the thing that's happening here. That's where the anxiety comes from as well. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure one of the, one of the challenges with, um, suggesting this, this gentler approach is that some of these tactics, at least in the short term, can be can be quite effective, can't they? So, if you know, for instance, the Daniel Kahneman book. I don't know if you if you've read read that book, um, right. but he really shows that most human beings are, are really we're we're just the these bags of biases, and we respond in fairly predictable ways if we're put in certain situations. So, for example, we care more about losing something than we do about gaining something of equivalent value. So I'd, so I'd feel much more strongly and most people would about losing a hundred dollars say versus the ability to gain a hundred dollars. And that's because that's just how our brains are wired. And so when you know, when you know these things, um, it, it explains to us why, you know, these, some of these tactics work. So is your goal to kind of try and wean people off these tactics altogether or is it just just to say well look we understand that sometimes we people do respond to a deadline but you know we don't have to do it in this kind of hyper aggressive way so where where are you on that do you you just want to chuck all this stuff out altogether or is it just kind of using no I love that you bring that up Rob because clearly um there is certain marketing concepts that you and I both know they just work because they're based on on human psychology as well, right? And so I'm not saying just toss them all out. I'm saying, you know, they work, but it depends how you present them. And that's exactly what you just said. You can still, obviously you're going to use, you know, deadlines if they're real deadlines. And, but you don't have to shame people into not buying by a certain deadline, for example. And we see that all the time, the shaming and the, you know, the fear of missing out that your life is just going to suck if you're not buying by this and this deadline. And so those are the techniques that, that I, I feel like there's, there's no more limits really. And that's where we need to come back to more of the human connection and to more gentleness and kindness using the techniques and say, look, this is ending in two days. I would love to have you if you're hesitating, if there's anything I can clear out, jump on a call now. And so it's all about the how you do it, not so much if you do it, right? It's how you present it. Same thing with Facebook ads or any kind of marketing strategy that you're using. It's all about how you present it. And if you're using shame or fear or any of those yucky feelings that uh, that can be generated with marketing, then that's where I'm like, that's not okay anymore. Yeah. It kind of reminds me as you, you were talking then, I think it's from Spider-Man, isn't it? Is it, they have this thing in Spider-Man, um, you know, with, with great power comes great responsibility. I'm sure <laughs> yes, there's other people exactly. other than Spider-Man who've said it, but it's kind of that, isn't it? It's like once you understand that, yeah. 
actually people are susceptible to these things you know it doesn't mean you just go hell for leather thinking oh how can i win with this knowledge it's 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 actually incumbent on you to go oh well actually i know i could do this but i'm not going to do it because i'm not going to push it great quote that i'm uh i'm forgetting by whom it is now but but basically it says that the mark the new um marketing marketers are also healers and so that's really how i look at this it's like it's it's not sorry about that noise it's not about the you know just maximizing everything but really coming to it from this holistic approach where you have a solution you can help someone so instead of shaming that person into buying it come from this healing approach where you're saying look this can help you and and that's that's where i come in so I, I love this idea of marketers becoming healers in the new century. Yeah, and I think um, what I like about uh, your approach is, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I can certainly think of times it's happened in the past where um, you've almost done, you've, you've, you've done a piece of marketing. It's been kind of too effective in a way because it, you've managed to get certain clients, but then it, you find out down the line, actually, they weren't really quite right and so it was kind of like your marketing was too good it kind of sucked in too many people but then and that seems good in week one but then when you get into week three four five six and you're still working with these people you realize actually this is not so good because um it's not such a good fit or whatever so I think that's the that's the hidden downside that people don't see about yes you can have stuff that can convert very highly but if ultimately it doesn't bring in the right people, you do end up paying for it somewhere down the line. And that may be that you're, you have these clients that you don't really enjoy working with, or it may be that they don't have such a great experience. And then that means you don't get good testimonials. You don't get referrals and all that kind of stuff. It's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not going to get the results. So they're not going to tell the stories that you want your clients to tell other people. Uh, yeah. If people buy out of fear or just out of, you know, quick fix ideas, then, then yeah. And unfortunately you're going to end up with the wrong kind of people. And like you said, it's also not good for you as an entrepreneur because you're not going to feel fulfilled with the wrong kind of people as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talk about marketing from within. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean? Just talk to us about that concept, please. Yeah, what I discovered is really that if you're really coming to marketing, uh, you know, that's aligned with your values, that's aligned with your worldview, then you start to, then you need to start within. You really need to go into finding out who you really are and what you really want. We talked about the situation where you end up with the wrong clients. Well, that happened to me over and over again, where since I didn't show up fully with my full stories and values and who I really was, I ended up with clients who weren't necessarily a good fit. And so I kept having to wear a mask, not really, you know, enjoying my business, getting them results, but at the same time, not really, you know, having this great time. And so I think when you really bring more of you to your marketing, that's when you're attracting the uh, right clients, first of all, because they're they're buying into you. They're not just buying a product or a service. They're buying into you. 
And um, now I lost my train of thought, but, but also it's, it's just really much more fun. That's what I meant to say. It's, you know, marketing becomes more fun because you get to really be yourself and you show up, you bring your stories into it. And uh, it is just resonates on a different level with clients. That's what I mean by marketing from within. And also it just occurred to me as you were saying that, I wonder if it, in a way, it's almost more efficient because oh, you can't, yeah. because you know, it's like, right, I haven't got to pretend to be Mr. Marketer and write a certain kind of email. <laughs> I just, I just write an email. I just say, just write what I, what I think. And so, it, so you're not, so it kind of almost might be quicker, right? I mean, more it's efficient. quicker and it's just like so much less energy because you're trying yeah. to be someone you're not or trying to be perfect. Like we're joking with another friend, how many hours we spend trying to create the perfect YouTube video, right? And you're just always pretending to be someone that you're not in order to, you know, give this image that you have it all together in a way. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right. So that's really good. So talk to us then about the seven P's. So, I mean, you know, feel, feel free, you know, I won't necessarily go into huge detail, but that's, yeah, that might be a good thing picture. just an overview, but might be good yeah. for people. Yeah. Basically what I uh, realized is that the seven P's of marketing, that is a, you know, a concept that's been out there for a long time. It's not like I invented it, but what I realized is that it's kind of outdated, you know, when we think about our today's online marketing world, like, uh, for example, there's uh, one P that stands for physical evidence that's still in there. Um, another one that stands for place. And, and, and I was like, well, those are not really relevant anymore. We don't really have, or at least most of my clients have an online business. So we don't need, you know, signage and, and all these print things. And so when I thought about this marketing from within, I, I kind of, instead of seeing these different circles um, in, in the traditional version of the seven Ps, I started to see a mandala um, and the mandala is a creative process. So I like this idea of using a, a, a symbol that actually demonstrates a, a creative process. And it also brings us to our center. So if you picture a mandala, it's not separate circles, but it's all one circle that then bring us to the circle uh, in the center. And really starting with this kind of personal development part of marketing. And so going within and starting with, for example, the first P is passion or purpose, right? So going, finding out your why, like Simon Sinek says, start with the why, start there first, then going into personal power. So really figuring out who you are, what your values are, your worldview, your stories, your origin stories, going with, um, to figure out who you are. And only then you go to your people. In every marketing program, we're always told, start with your avatar. Who's your avatar? The problem with that is, is what we'd explained before. It creates this mismatch because you're focusing all your attention on your avatar before actually focusing on yourself. So you're attracting these people that they're, they're not a good fit for who you are. So that's why I'm going within first and then to people. So then the, the following P's are people, product, pricing, promotion, 
And I also changed the last one, which, which is partnership, because I think going forward, our marketing is going to be much more collaborative. We're going to, you know, join forces with other people. And, and it's not going to be this kind of lonely experience every anymore where we're only focusing or we're focusing a lot on tech and how to, you know, figure things out and funnels and ads and data and stats. It's going to be more like community building, more about doing things together. Um, and so that's why partnership was, a, was an important one to bring in. Yeah, no, really, no, really like that. And um, I mean, if we just take the first one, the, you know, the passion and the purpose. I mean, what are what are practical steps people can take to really get to the core of that? Would you say what's um, what are, what are good ways to to really figure that out? Yeah, a good way is always to um, think about, you know first of all, why you, you started your business? Why did you start your business? And, and sometimes that might lead to kind of big ahas where you realize, well, I just started my business because I needed money or because for me, for example, for the LinkedIn consulting business, I needed a flexible uh, way to, you know, grow a business while also having my kids. So that's, not necessarily a really noble purpose, right? We were expecting something else. And so if you're there and you're like, well, now where do I go with this? A lot of times it really helps to, to go back to your origin story. So you, you, if you're an entrepreneur, that starts with how you grew up, what you like to do as a child, uh, you know, where you spent your time. Um, how, yeah, like what kind of things happened when you were little that impacted you and that you still would spend your time on if you didn't have to make money? Because often those things that you did back then, that's really what drives you. Um, it's just that you have forgotten maybe and you're just so focused on you know, growing the business and making money. And would you, would you agree that... Um we can't just kind of follow our passion. I mean, this is what I believe. Like we, 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 we can do it, but same, same my passion is, I don't know, collecting buttons or something. Well, I can follow that and that's fine, but I have to accept that it's probably not a business, you know? So, so, it, so my feeling about this is that we kind of, we, I think you're absolutely right. We do have to think about our passions, but equally we have to figure out, well, where do they mesh with yeah. what people want? out yeah. there is that reasonable in, in, yeah, definitely in in the book i call i talk about the ikigai so this japanese uh way of thinking you know how you combine exactly what you said you know what you're good at uh what you like doing but also where you're gonna earn a living because we need to uh find the intersection of all of these and that's um the, the this ikigai model is is a great way to look at it because clearly yes there needs to be a both and and and, and so i think really sitting with that and and find you'll, you'll find answers that yeah maybe you know in the button collecting there is transferable skills or transferable moments or you realize you know what you liked about that that you can now apply in your existing business or in a new venture 
Yeah, and so maybe with this my silly button example, um, you know, apologies to any button collectors out there, but um, it might be that, you know, you realise it's attention to detail or I'm really good at classifying things. And actually, this is something I bring that other people just don't have. And so I exactly. should be that can perhaps be more of my message, more of my emphasis. Right. Um, and maybe I work with clients who are who are more that way inclined as well. And I, I steer away from others who are who are not in that camp. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, it's a new hobby for us all as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll all start collecting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good stuff. Um, yes. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about tactics then. So um, I appreciate this is probably more, you know, the gentle, the gentle business revolution, gentle, the gentle marketing revolution is probably, you might say it's more a state of mind than anything else. And um, I, I would uh, I would agree with that from what you've said, but um, are there tactics that are definitely not uh, not part of the, the gentle business revolution? And if so, what are they? Yeah, um, well, what, what comes to mind, uh, I mentioned webinars before, so that's definitely one, um, you know, kind of the deadlines that we see uh, people using that you just know that they're actually not real deadlines. So funny, my my husband fell for one the other day and he's like, I thought that thing was ending. And then I go in the following day and it's still there, same price. I'm like, yeah, that's one of those techniques that I talk about. Any kind of manipulation. Uh, I also use the term wealth signaling. So that's the, the thing where you see, um, you know, they're popular on YouTube or Facebook even, where you see that they, they sell you this one thing where they made a million hundred million dollars or whatever, how much. And, and, you know, if you just follow the seven steps, you'll make that same amount in two weeks. Like, I cannot believe that these things still work, but they're still out there, right? So that's what I call wealth signaling is is kind of again using using that that idea of I made it and you're not there yet to shame people into the situation that they find themselves in and get them so desperate and greedy that they just want that thing now as well right and that just that just is so disgusting because it creates so much anxiety really in a lot of people where uh, clearly it's human to want more right but like most of these um websites when you look at the sales pages you'll find testimonials from you know their people who took the course or whatever. And obviously they always will fish out the one or two success stories that made that much money. And they're basically selling them as their poster childs. It's like, you want to be like this person, you got to pay $20,000 to take that course and you'll get there. So yeah, that's kind of my pet peeve. Yeah, so so those things are out in the uh, the gentle marketing revolution. What what is in though tactic wise? I mean, you talk about, and I think you're right. By the way, you know the um, the increasing importance of communities. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, are there are there certain tactics that you think are a really good fit with this gentle marketing revolution? Anything that 
is based on inclusion rather than exclusion. Uh, in the past decade, we've all kind of gotten used to the guru approach. It's like there's one guru, he's made it, and then everybody else is a follower, right? That's how, that's also the language we started to use. And right now that is just so out. People don't want to be followers anymore. They want to be part of something. They want to belong to something. They want to be part of a community. And so that means talking to your clients um, on another show, uh, the guy was telling me like, so, so what you're saying is that we are really supposed to talk to our clients as intellectual beings. I'm like, yeah, you know, the, the people got much smarter than, you know, 10 years ago where people didn't even know that you were, uh, you know, they were watching a recorded webinar and yet they were telling you, Oh, look at all these people showing up. And, and so they, nowadays people are much smarter. So they want to be part of something and not just uh, be a follower. So I think that community aspect and the, like, let's just think about webinars, right? Webinars were um, the big thing. And there was one guy or one woman who was presenting and then everybody was just watching. What I think going forward, the Zoom calls where everybody gets to participate. That's a community. That's like a leader in each chair, right? And so you want to interact with your clients or, or people of your community and not just teach and, and not get any feedback back. That's what I think about when I think about collaborations. Yeah, yeah. We just, just for the listeners' benefit, we lost you for about two seconds there, uh, Sarah. But what you were saying, I'm, I'm sure you were saying that you know, the old style of webinar presenting was, you know, you just get on and you just broadcast to people, you know, to tell them right. stuff. Yeah. And what you were talking about was, you know, it's the webinar medium, but, um, well, you, 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 you say it again for people because you'll say it much better than, than me. It's this idea of getting, you know, people involved, having a more interactive thing. Yeah, exactly. So rather than just teaching is, is really to, have a community call. And yes, you are the leader, you are the host of the call, but people are there with you and they are there to ask questions and interact and even share their opinions. That's what belonging means. That's what the conscious client wants. Uh, he wants to be part of something. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, it was, it was just a, something else occurred to me as I was listening to you then. It kind of reminds me, um, you know those uh those nigerian emails you know those uh, the, you know those scams asking for money yeah yeah, yeah. but i always, see i always remember reading about them that because you know you know like 99 percent of people will look at that and go well sorry a nigerian prince wants to give me two billion dollars and you know i've just got to give him access to my bank account who will fall for this and i remember reading about them and and that was actually the whole point it was that they wanted people who would fall for it and so I want. I wonder if there's a, with some of the high pressure stuff. It's there's almost a bit of that going on. It's almost kind of self selecting, or selecting the people who. That's true. You know. Anyway, that's a whole yeah. different whole different yeah. story, I suppose. <laughs> um, um, so, so this has been really interesting. If people just took one action right now to get started on this path the gentle marketing revolution path to do things more gently, what practical step could they take? 
I think it's all about awareness and that awareness can start with you as a consumer and, and also as a marketer. So if you're the consumer, look at your inbox and see what kind of lists you're subscribed to and what kind of emails you're getting and just kind of look at it with this lens of, does this feel gentle to me? Is this guy being gentle and, you know, trying to just help me uh, by selling his products or services? Or does this feel like I'm being pushed into buying something? And from the marketer perspective, look at your own marketing and, you know, first of all, see if there's anything that you've been doing because you're told to do things a certain way. And then maybe, you know, say, well, what if I did it my way? Who says I have to do it that way? There's no marketing police. So if I do it differently, how would that feel? And how would it feel good to me? So that's what I would start with. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that. Yeah. And just, uh, I suppose, um, what I take from that is just this idea of also of, uh, just ensuring you have the right messages in your environment, I suppose. So, you know, if there's stuff you're subscribed to and it's not, it's not the way you want to go, then, you know, stop having it (laughs) influence you. Right. Yeah. Uh, And it's a big shift because, because we're so used to it and we don't realize that it actually creates anxiety for ourselves. Right. Like there's enough stuff creating anxiety right now in the times we're living in. So if the inbox also does that, well, unsubscribe, just leave. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Now it's a good message. Um, Sarah, this has been really great. So where is the best place for people to go to hear more from you? Yeah, there's my website, sarasantacroce.com, or people can get the book. Uh, it's officially launching on February 17th, The Gentle Marketing Revolution. That's on Amazon or at my site where there's a bunch of resources as well, thegentlemarketingrevolution.com forward slash book. And if you'd be so kind to add those links in the show notes as well, then people can just go there as well. Excellent. Sarah, this has been really good. I've really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. It's been a delight. Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you. Apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you. You will get feedback on your ideas. You will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away. That is free, but availability is limited. So please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. That is chatwithrob.com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.